Hey guys, welcome back to the Harping On Podcast. I'm Harper Serkham and this week is the season finale of season 2022 of the podcast. Um, we end up with a draft preview with one of my mates from high school, Lucas Thornycroft, um, who I did it with last year as well. But I just want to jump on at the start here to say thank you to, first of all, all the players that I've been able to talk to this year and best of luck uh, for next Monday and Tuesday I know all you guys will do super well, but yeah, just huge thank you for giving up some of your time to have a chat with me um, for this podcast. And then secondly, just thanks to everyone that's listened, if it's for an episode or two, or if you listen to every episode, I just really appreciate all the support. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much and we'll get straight into the episode. Cheers. very special edition of the Harping On podcast. I'm Harper Serkham and I'm joined today again by Lucas Thornycroft, one of my mates who's a bit of a draft, draft guru in his own right. He uh, chatted to me last year about the predictions and we did pretty well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It helps doing this later in the year. A lot of things solidify, some rumours start flying around. Uh, thanks for having me, Harps. No, any time. So I guess we'll jump into a bit of our um, top 10 prediction to start off with this year and then we'll um, go into some of the players that I've been lucky enough to talk to. So if you want to kick us off, Thorny, with uh, who you think will go pick one in the draft. Well, pick one, Giants have it. I don't think it's any surprise who the Giants want. Aaron Cadman, big key forward, you know, been likened to Camerons and Kernos. He's got that tank on him, that movement skills for a big man, which are really sought after skills uh, these days. It really just comes down to do Giants bid on Ashcroft or do they pick Cadman straight up? If you were the Giants, would you be bidding on Ashcroft, maybe take a bit of pressure off Cadman, or would you just say, you know what, we're picking our man, it sells jerseys, it you know builds a brand? Yeah, I think, especially because the Giants have traded up in this year's draft, obviously, I think they, they will back in their man and back in Cadman as that number one pick. And then, um, yeah, coming into pick two, I think North do make that bid on, um, bid on Ashcroft. He's obviously the best player in the draft pool this year, has had an outstanding season in at every level that he's played, be it NAB League, state champs, school footy, everything. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll go number two to Brisbane. Yeah, just an absolute professional. And then North's got the duo of picks. Picks two and three, but they'll be pushed down to three and four if they do indeed make that bid. Uh, and I'd have him as a North supporter. I'd be pretty happy with this duo. But Harry Sheasel, electric, X-factor forward, uh, does everything you want, uh, kicks goals, Skillful, one of the best kicks in the draft. And uh, George Wardlaw, if he didn't get injured, could easily have been pick one. But unfortunately, that's not how things worked out. And powerful midfielder who had a defensive quality to our midfield that we don't currently have. Uh, and, yeah, I'd be stoked if that's how it turned out. Uh, uh, yeah, we talk about a bit about Sheasel in a, a bit later on. But with Wardlaw... Being a North supporter, does, do his little hamstring niggles that he kept having throughout the season, do they worry you at all or do you think he'll, uh, he'll be right to go? Well, from everything I've heard, those were the first sort of soft tissue injuries that he's sustained in his career. So I, I wouldn't say it's too much of a problem. People might point to Nathan Freeman, but I believe his injuries happened once he entered the system. Uh, I think you sort of got to back yourself in, back the talent that, uh, that you get. Um, and in a high-performance system, you should be able to fix those problems. I believe from everything he said that uh, it, it was more cautionary, the last thing. Just he went back a bit early and didn't want to risk it. So I, I'm pretty confident in the player that they would get if they do end up going that way. 
Yeah, and coming in at pick five, Essendon holds that. We think that Elijah Sardis will um will head to the Dons if they don't go to Mateus Philippou from South Australia. Um, but yeah, we think Sardis will find his way to Essendon. Uh, very good player coming out of Oakley Chargers. Um, Wesley as well, but yeah, no, he's a very good player as well. Yeah, real real classy accumulator, lots of speed. Um, I just think you know it is a tough decision. They do want that big midfielder, and Sardis can be that. I think his quality just right here is probably too good to pass over. Uh, but I think they are, would be looking to trade back. It's just whether or not anyone, maybe the Saints, may, maybe a team uh, trying to trade back in. But, yeah, I just don't see uh, them passing over that talent. But it very well could be Philippu. They're very similar uh, level of players. Uh, it's just, yeah, and Sardis is similar to a lot of Essendon's mids, but... I think I think he'd be a good pick here, no matter what. And when we talk about coming back into the um, top ten, we were talking a bit before we started recording about maybe one of the South Australian clubs trying to get Philippu um, somewhere in that later later range of the top ten. Yeah, so I'm not too sure. I, I mean, Port doesn't have anything to trade. Yeah. You know, um, Adelaide might be keen, but they didn't want to give up their future first for Rankin. So so I could see it because Philippu is a is strong South Australian X factor talent, but. Uh, I'm unsure if they'd really pull the trigger. And taking us to pick number six, which is the Gold Coast holds. Thorny, do you want to talk a little bit about this one? Yeah, so Bailey Humphrey, uh, that's the pick here, I think. A uh, real high-character individual from everything that's been said about him. Um, you know, talks really well about mental health and all those sorts of uh, issues that goes on for young men. Um, I think Vic Country Lad probably holds in good stead for moving... Uh, away, uh, they don't really have that sort of you know, powerful mid forward other than maybe Elijah Hollands, who they previously picked. But I think Humphrey can come in and sort of replace, uh, although they're different players, replace Rankin's impact. And they have been looking for these sort of uh, more powerful players with bringing in Ben Long. Uh, they had looked at Jed Anderson, brought in Tom Berry. So I think. That sort of powerful um, burst sort of archetype that will add to speed and toughness to their to their team is probably fits in very well, I think. And when we talk about the go home factor as well, I think that a lot of clubs are willing to roll the dice on Vic Country lads. They don't really tend to have that go home factor like Cadman. Um, the Giants have said it's not something they're thinking about at all, and I think it'll be the same here. Yeah, well, I think th- the thing is, a lot of them have to board to go to school anyway, so it doesn't really they're, they're away from home a fair bit and. Uh, I'd say be, being in a big city probably helps as well. And going into pick number seven, which the Hawks hold, um, we're thinking Jai Clark, actually, which will probably disappoint him and a lot of Ge- Geelong supporters um, being a Geelong Falcons um, talent, trained with Geelong, um, obviously lives down that way. He would have probably loved to go to that next pick uh, that Geelong hold. But, yeah, we think Hawks might um, roll the dice on him here. Yeah, I think uh, you know, it just sort of suits that Sam Mitchell, uh, what he'd want. In a in a player, he's he's small, which is not is sort of m- matches what's going on there in the Hawks midfield with Josh Ward and uh, Connor McDonald, who they got last year. Uh, but he makes up for it with a, a nice blend of skill and power. Uh, really good stoppage player, and <laughs> you see a lot of comparisons to Joel Salwood. I think, look, that's a lot to lump onto a eighteen year old kid, but yeah, I think he's got all those sort of attributes where he can be yeah a really really solid 200 game player which i think north did the same thing with will phillips sort of at the start of their rebuild a few years ago uh i think 
you need those players at the start of the rebuild, future captain sort of sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's got those leadership capabilities, and we'll talk a little bit more about him um, a little bit later in the episode as well. But then pick eight, which Geelong do hold, Thorny? Yeah, uh, they'd be gutted, wouldn't they? The, everyone said they traded up for uh, Jai Clark, traded, traded, got him bows um, just for Clark. But I think, uh, look, I think, yes, Jai Clark would be amazing in that next Selwood, but... I think they're just going to do a little bit of a cheeky uh, betting on potential here. And Ed Allen's been the massive bolter. I haven't really seen that much of him, to be honest. A lot of a good work I hear over, over WA. But, um, you know, he's 192, powerful, more of an outside midfielder from what I hear. Um, but I think they're going to bet that he does progress into that sort of big prototype inside midfielder. And... Um, yeah, I think they've, they've done that before with their first-round picks. Uh, Nakai Cockatoo was that similar sort of raw, powerful player, and same as Max Holmes, who they've really reaped the benefits f- from this year. So West Coast have got that pick nine, um, picking up one of their local talents, um, Ruben Gimby, he's a WA boy midfielder, defender. Uh, do you want to talk a bit more about him? Yeah, so I think there's a, there was a bit of talk uh, that Gold Coast were keen on him. They love their Western Australians. Uh, but I think, you know, Alan, Ed Allen Gorn, that's probably a big West Coast sort of looking at him. I think Gimby sort of brings that sort of uh, power as well through the midfield, uh, versatility of playing uh, defence as well. I think he could potentially play forward. He's another big body. That's that's sort of the theme of the draft, as you hear this year's powerful midfielders. And uh, uh, Gimby, he's probably the best of the Western Australian crop, in my opinion. Y- Elijah Hewitt as well, but... Uh, I think Gimby just presents as that that ultra sort of rarer build of player, um, and I think that'd be a good pick to revitalise the West Coast midfield. And rounding out the top ten, the Saints hold that pick, and um, I'm thinking they'll go with their local boy, their NGA talent boy Cam McKenzie, uh, good player from down there, um, bit of bit of romance surrounding it as well, uh, good midfielder. And yeah, I think the Saints. Um, if he gets that far, he should land there. Land there. Yeah, I think he's he's sort of that. You just look at him when he plays, and he might not have the elite elite traits, but he's that tall midfielder, beautiful kick, good from stoppage, and a lot of times he was going just as well as Ashcroft at the st- at the actual stoppage, just not accumulating it as much around the ground. But I I see that his impact in in a lot of games was just as similar. And I think he could be a, a long-time player in Ross Lyons' St Kilda team. Um, I also would have considered Philippou. I think he's a chance really to go anywhere in this top 10. I just think Essen's probably the most keen on him. If they could get a trade back, they probably will definitely pull the trigger. And something sort of that the Saints have been looking for is that midfielder that can push forward, kick goals, got that X factor... They obviously went hard at Jordan Goey in the last trade period. He's not the exact same, but he's got those similar type of capabilities. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing, exactly. You you want those front half sort of players at the Saints. Uh, less less vanilla, but I, I do think, look, as many good young midfielders as you can have, I think Windhager and Owens have sort of untapped offensive potential. And, yeah, I think, I think it could be a good blend, to be honest. A bit more of a skillful midfielder. So just... Going over our top ten that we've predicted, we've got Cadman going to the Giants at one, uh, Ashcroft going to Brisbane after they've matched a bid from North, then Sheasel and Wardlaw to North, Sardis Sasson and Humphrey to the Gold Coast, Jai Clark to Hawthorne, 
Allen to Geelong, Gimby to West, uh, the West Coast, and Cam McKenzie to the Saints. So now we'll go <coughs> a bit to some of the players that I've had a chat to, and we'll talk about where we think they might end up. And the first two that I would talk to this year were Harry Sheasel and Jai Clark, who we've both gone over. But I guess talk a little bit more about Harry Sheasel. He is a he's just a gun, isn't he? He's just that, oh, he's, he's my favourite player in the draft. He's just so smart. I think. You know, you, you you oftentimes look at these players really high up the draft and you just don't see how they can fail. But I, I, I literally, other than him not being like the elite, elite athlete, he is an endurance beast. But so he's got that tank, he's got that base already. And then he's got just so much skill and that natural goal now. So that you oftentimes see those are the f- sort of smaller forwards who, who do make it in the league. Uh, Ginevan and Cumberland were two this year that might not not necessarily have been drafted earlier, but they had that, just they knew how to find a goal. Same Paul Curtis as well, to a lesser extent. I think it's a really underrated and important aspect of being a forward. Yeah, for sure. And I think Dan Sheasel's got that. Obviously, he's had a fantastic season. And, um, if North get him, I'm sure they won't be disappointed. And then Jai Clark, we talked about him quite a bit uh, just there when we talked about the the Geelong supporters being super disappointed if he was to go earlier to Hawthorne. But yeah, just a bull, knows where to find the footy, just one way. There's no there's no backward step for him. Yeah, I'd say he's sort of, he, he's just another one that you just look at and you think, yeah, 200 game player right there. You know, he could go anywhere from five to 10 and anyone would be wrapped with who they got. Um, you know, I, yeah, I just think he's, consummate professional yeah for sure and then sam gilby wa boy um yeah he's he's had an interesting season he had a bit of injury concerns earlier in the year but he's come back um not too bad Thorny. yeah class off half back you know bit of a bit of a smaller frame into him he's tall 188 but he's got that sort of skinny frame and uh i think he's just yeah he's got that class i think back end of the draft just unfortunately because of you know circumstances with injuries and Maybe he's a bit more of a rawer prospect because of that. Um, you look, look, you'd be picking up a, gr- a well-talented player there and uh, I think a, a one club will benefit from sort of the unfortunate circumstances that he's seen this season. I think he still definitely uh, gets picked up somewhere. 100%. Sure. Uh, and then um, Will Elliott, the Oakley Chargers captain, big tall ruckman, again, injuries have just devastated his um, his final NAB League season, I guess, haven't they? Yeah, what can you say? I think... Yeah, when it, when big guys get injured, you sort of you got to bet on the talent that's there, and he's got a lot of talent. But we'll just see, we'll see, and I'm sure if, even if he doesn't get picked up, that he'll be a good chance of mid-season draft next year if he attacks it. And if that's what he wants to do, you know, um, yeah, probably probably be a good VFL contributor at the very least. Yeah, and then uh, going into another captain of an Ablek side, the Calder Cannons captain Paul Pascu is um again just. Hasn't had probably the season that he would have wanted. He played some all right footy, but uh, earlier in the year he was being talked about as maybe a late first, second rounder type of player around there. And he's just, unfortunately for him, um, fallen off a little bit, but hopefully he does get picked up somewhere. Yeah, I still like him. I like the way he moves. I like the socks up. That's nice. I like to use that in my own footy game. So, yeah, no, but I, I think he'd be, yeah, no matter, like he'd be good. Um, he's got a big body already. Be a good all-round contributor to an AFL team, I think. Whether that has to be off of a rookie list, then so be it. Yeah, hundred percent. He's got those. He's a good person as well. Obviously, um, captaining a club just the same as um, Elliot. You've got to be 
a good person to do that. And then exactly. move into a couple of um, a couple of father son no- nominations that I talked to this year. The first being Jaden Davy, obviously Essendon, um, Alwyn Davies. Uh, son, a twin, um, Alwyn David Jr., also expected to get picked up to Essendon. Uh, yeah, so I think that he will find his way to Essendon uh, somewhere probably a bit later in the draft, but probably still a very good player in his own right. Yeah, I reckon it might be, you know, their last pick. Who knows? There might be a club that as well bets on his talent and says, you know what, we've seen him in the juniors, we've seen him, bit of NT footy, that sort of thing, school footy, and, we, and we're going to just say, you know what, bet on the talent it is a shallow draft pool from from what everyone said this year so i could see a bid coming on but i like i wouldn't be surprised but i'd say he's more essence sort of last pick territory uh super explosive pace as well exactly he's absolutely right the traits you know he kicked an in, uh, amazing goal for um for xavier college in school footy and another one of those boarding school boys him and his um him and his brother both both board at xavier yeah and then moving on to... She went to primary school with him. Oh, really? Yeah, a year younger, though. Oh, what? I had no idea. There you go. Uh, and then moving into um, the another father-son that I had a chat to, Jasper Fletcher. He's a very, very good player. Dad played about 200 games across four clubs, but Brisbane is where he played 100 games, which obviously makes Jasper eligible. And, um, yeah, great player. O- unfortunately for him, the last couple of days, an injury cloud has surrounded him a little bit but i'm yeah. sure he'll still f- make his way to um to the lions in the second will. round he yeah. definitely will. i reckon like yeah if the club will probably still pull the trigger in the first round to be honest mm. man they're sport of riches to be honest there now ashcroft him picked up Connor mckenna recently as well so i think there'll be a lot of clubs trying to make them pay full price um hope giants also make them pay full price at pick one for ashcroft but yeah i, I could see a bid coming around the teens actually um but yeah and he captained the allies as well so another one of those um another one of the captains he's just a, a really good player you see a lot of those you know the captains they're, they're the guys high high quality high character guys who you know are getting picked up more and more because uh, you can bet on their uh work ethic leadership translating 100 percent um and then josh weddle uh a bit of a bolter um, another one of those bolters. There's been a few because obviously COVID impacted their 16th and 17th season. But yeah, he looks like a really good player um, across the half back line, pushing up into the midfield potentially as well. But yeah, he just is another one that should get picked up. Um, not exactly sure where, maybe second round somewhere. Yeah, I'd say late first, early second. I, I think I remember I watched the first game of the season, Sandy versus Oakley. I didn't really know who he was. I just, I don't know, this is probably his number. 43, I was like, who's this number 43 bloke with a mullet? Just electrifying pace off halfback. You know, every link, um, every chain, he was sort of bursting through it and adding to it uh, something special. Um, I think uh, as well, then he adds sort of that skill set of being able to play on talls and smalls. Like he played as sort of that key defender for Vic Metro this year. Um, a very nice kick as well. Very, very good, good ball kick. Yeah, well. good kick. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing. Club who wants class and speed off half back, or a club who wants that sort of third tall p- defender, yeah, can't really can't go wrong there. Hundred uh, percent. Max Gorowski as well had a chat to him coming out of Sandy Dragons. Another one of those um, Sandy Dragon boys. There's so many of them in this year's draft that'll get picked up, and uh, yeah, no, he'll be he'll, he's a super exciting player um, for wherever he ends up. Again, probably somewhere in that uh, second round, around that pick, maybe twenty five to thirty five, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'd say probably teams looking at a key position player. There's there's a lot less key position players, unfortunately, this year. So, 
Um, you know, we all love a key position player. He's sort of that smaller one, but he makes up for it in that with in his contested marking. Um, I think that was one of my favourite pods of yours, personally. I think there's just lots of interesting stuff that you know you can get out of it. Um, I think high character. Everyone saw what he did at the at the combine. Um, plays multi positions. Yeah, I think probably that second round range, just because he didn't get that as much exposure. Yeah, and yeah, exa- we were talking talks a lot actually this um the last twenty minutes or so about about people having a high character and his yeah exactly what you said about what he did to his mate at the combine um picking him up after at the end of the two k time trial, uh yeah just shows what a good bloke he is and then another one who's shot through the draft ranks late <coughs> Ollie Hotton, uh yeah he's just um electrifying really can play yeah. anywhere around the ground quick um good ball user yeah he'll be, he'll be a Good player. Yeah, he's like class and burst. I think if you had his skill set in maybe four or five centimetre taller body, you'd be mm. looking at a top five pick. Um, but nonetheless, like he's a, he's, a, he's a gun. He's got that speed and endurance and agility, you know, and skills. So I think when I see him sort of size and skill and uh, athletic base, I see he's sort of a Rocky Hunter type of player at his peak. So, yeah. Um, that that'd be my sort of comparison for him. Do you think uh, early twenties, late teens, or where do you see him going? Yeah, well, if I like, I actually rate him pretty highly. But so I'd be going pulling the trigger in the teens. But I just I see because he's sort of that mid forward, but he's a smaller type rather than say a Philip who who's a taller type. Um, I could see him just being like a sort of odd man out in that group with a lot of stronger links towards you know back in the first is a lot of the better half-back flankers and, and sm- like, genuine small forwards. So I could I, I reckon he should be there, but it left to be seen on draft night. For sure. Uh, and then Matt Jefferson, um, Wesley College, who there have been three really good players coming out of um, Wesley this year, Matt Jefferson, Kobe Virgil, and Elijah Sardis. Uh, and it's sort of come out of nowhere for them as a footy school. They're not r- usually known for their for their footballing abilities, but they've finished um, third. But anyway, Matt Jefferson... <laughs> Matt Jefferson, uh, no, really good, good player, um, good in the air. He had a few knocks on his set shot um, early as a key forward, but came through really, really well late in the state champs, kicking seven against Western Australia and a couple against um, South Australia. So, yeah, no, he'll be um, a good key forward, very light frame. Though. He's deceivingly like, like he's like a 192, 194. Like yeah. That's deceiving because he, he's long limbs. Like he seems like he's like a 200 centimetre. And he's got he's got that contested marking despite like the slight frame, um, kicks bags. So Harry Jones, uh, yeah, similar that sort of thing. Yeah, and every article you read about him, it's upside is the word that everyone uses, and exactly. I think that's um. I think you're accurate. looking at probably Melbourne's probably the one team that I'd say is looking for a key forward yeah. in that sort of teens range, but I mean any team can sort of pull the trigger on a on a developmental key forward. So hundred percent, I think yeah. So I think it will he will end up somewhere um in that. 12 to 16 bracket, maybe around there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think Melbourne Melbourne looks like a potential suitor for sure. And then the last one, um, Kobe Virgil, super quick player, um, very good player. He's didn't play too much footy as a, he was a more of a basketballer growing up and then yeah, right. um, came into footy a bit later. But yeah, he's good by foot, good user, can play everywhere. He's more so a midfielder forward, but now he's... He reckons he plays his best footy actually across half back line now, which is interesting. So yeah, he'll be a he'll be a good player for wherever he ends up. 
Yeah, I believe I actually saw an article where they were listing him as like a defender. Mm. So that's interesting to hear. Or well, you see a lot of those sort sort of smaller, classy, speed, sort of good kicking, uh, small forwards, two and a half backs. You th- everyone thinks Caleb Daniel. Um, so maybe he could fit into that mould. Another draft prospect, Harvey Gallagher, who we haven't touched on. He's, he's done a similar thing in his 19-year-old uh, season um, and to good effect. Like it, it, it looks like he's gone from you know being passed over in mid-season draft to probably being drafted um, in maybe even the second round. So I think, uh, look, Kobe Virgil, he's going to get drafted based on his midfield and forward accolades anyway. Um, but having that other string to your bow where you can play a half-back flank as well, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, pre-season next year gets rolled out half-back flank and everyone's like, oh, what's going on? And he mm. has a blinder or something like yeah, that. So 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, good to good to have versatility. Yeah, so I think, um, or yeah, I'm just wrapped with the, the people I've talked to this year. They've all been um, great to talk to. I thank them so much. And I think most of them um, should find a home somewhere. And uh, yeah, it looks like a really interesting draft come Monday. Yeah, what do you reckon? You reckon the talk about the f- sort of 55, 60 players getting picked is is like accurate or? Yeah, no, it's interesting because it's so it's so light on or so shallow as you said. And it would be I've got no idea what's going to happen. There's enough blokes with talent. I think it's just clubs are sort of really. You see a lot of blokes from one two years ago who've already been delisted. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, clubs are being really really like tight on their list spots right now. I guess it shows the um, impact of. Players missing their 16th and 17th seasons. Exactly. Crucial for development. But what can you do? Well, thanks heaps, uh, Thorny, for joining me today for a chat. And we'll uh, see how we go on Monday. Thanks, mate. Thanks heaps for listening to this episode of the Harping On Podcast. Please give it a follow and review wherever you're listening to it and head over to the Instagram at harpingon underscore and give us a follow to keep up to date with the podcast and to leave some feedback. Thanks and see you next time.